Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 153, Baltotech. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we are actually in Baltotech now, <laughs> which is Baltimore Con, and we're going to cover uh, Robotech here for you guys as well. Joining us today, we have a, uh, some special, special, special guests. <laughs> First, we have Nick. Hey, yo. Which uh, you guys have heard Nick in the past uh, on some older episodes. Uh, mostly picking on Chuck, and we would tag team on that. So, uh, and then we also have uh, Eric Grubb. Hi. <laughs> yeah, waving at the, at the microphone works. I know. Yeah, that works. I know how this works. That works well. <laughs> and uh, also joining us, if he chooses to uh, jump in, is John Sun. If you want to introduce yourself to everyone. Hello. <laughs> I'm nope. Jacob. Yep. There you go. It's like uh... a. <laughs> and. Uh, so the reason we're all here is because we're at in uh, Baltimore for Baltimore Con. I didn't get to come last year, which was disappointing, but we're back this year. Did not want to miss it for anything. Because you were saying Notre Dame is more important. I did not say Notre Dame was more important. I said I already had tickets to Notre Dame, and unfortunately I was stupid and picked the wrong weekend to go see a game. <laughs> this year I made sure the game was last weekend. So, Eric, you're here Pretty much every year. Yeah, because this is coming live from my apartment, my apartment <laughs> living room. Um, and not only are we having Eric on because he lives here and we're spending time and hanging out with him, but also he is probably the best resource we could have for talking about Robotech. So, <laughs> a little Monty Python. Yeah, the stipulation to stay in his place. Right. <laughs> he had to be on a podcast. Right. He required it. Um, Nick's here because he's here. Right. Like the fifth wheel. Third wheel. And, uh, but no, so, uh, first we're going to talk about Baltimore Con. First day, it's Friday, um, Friday from the con. So Nick and I didn't get in until uh, a little after three. Um, I don't really know much of what happened as far as, were you guys there for the opening of it or did you guys come a little bit after it opened? Yeah. So Jacob and I were here 
early. Uh, VIPs got in at uh, noontime, so we were here before that. Got in. Uh, we are officially family with Shannon now. We were John and Jacob Gallant. Yes, uh, which last is, names changed. Yes, we changed our last names uh, for for sake of uh, for sake of argument and to get into the show. But uh, they they opened up Baltimore last year, double about doubled the size and and moved to a new new section of the convention center. This is my fifth year at the show, and it is uh, the second year it's gone to two days or three days as well. But uh, had a, a good crowd, seemed like a fairly busy afternoon, and I uh, was really pleased with what I saw. So Yeah. It seems like it's going to be even busier tomorrow from what I've heard. I think tomorrow will be busier. They, they started to focus more on media guests here as well. They have Edward James Olmos, who was the only media guest today, and we heard all about him multiple times. Right? <laughs> uh, but tomorrow they have Ming-Na Wen, uh, Katie from Arrow. Katie, her name? Katie Cassidy? Katie yeah, Cassidy, Cassidy yeah. Paul and, Black, and, or whatever his name is. Yeah, plays are dead. And then yep. another person I'm not familiar with. Oh, uh, Raphael Savard. Yes. Who was, he's, I know he's on Once Upon a Time. Plays, uh, Jimmy Cricket, I think? Oh, yeah. he He's the psychiatrist or yes. whatever, yeah. So, but it, just in the last few years, they've, they've started to shift or start looking at some media guests. So, be interesting to see how that how that works out. Uh, I will say, as, as someone that attends Baltimore and Heroes Con every year, one thing that I feel like Baltimore's got going, at least the last few years, that, that Heroes did not, is that they still have a focus on Silver Age artists. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell my story because I can, because sure. it's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> my whole goal this year was to meet Russ Heath. For those of you who don't know who Russ Heath is, Russ Heath is 89 years old. He's worked in comics since 1944. And for G.I. Joe fans, he worked on real, the Real American Hero designs for the cartoon and he also drew up uh, issue 24 of the old Marvel book. Oh, nice. Uh, so I spent a good hour in line with other people that were getting books signed, listening to him tell stories, amazing stories about working on these old... D- he also worked, uh, created Haunted Tank, so for those of us who read the war books from DC, uh, so he was telling stories about Haunted Tank. He was telling stories about DC colorists letting their kids color the covers at home. So that was absolutely true that, he, that kids would work on it. He said they had no sense of color or design. They just let them. So he's like, you know this ugly Pepto, Pepto-Bismol pink? Some kid did that. It was insane. But the best part was here's this going on 90-year-old man who is talking about girls a lot, young girls, and you know, looking for a date and also wanted a martini with his lunch. He asked repeatedly was it lunchtime for his martini. They moved him around and he could see the Zenoscope sign. Oh, boy. <laughs> and there were some very uh, comely ladies on it. And he looked at me and he said, that girl needs a licking. You're old enough. You know what that means. And I said, yes. And I thought he was talking about a spanking. No. He proceeded to look at me and go, la, 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 la. I can't, you can't obviously see what I'm doing. But you can figure it out. This is, uh, uh, most of us are adults here. And uh, it was absolutely hilarious. One of the, one of the high, it, it's the highlight of the show so far for me. It's already the highlight for it, me, it, too. <laughs> it, it, it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, we also saw Shannon, who's unfortunately not here to defend himself. Uh, we watched Shannon gush like we would over many of our favorite creators. He, like, manhandled him. With, with, Gar- <laughs> with Jose Garcia Lopez yet again this year. Uh, Shannon picked up some really neat art from uh, Mr. Lopez, and then... And almost picked up Mr. Lopez. Almost picked up Mr. <laughs> Lopez, and again, it's, it's I've said, and now... now uh, 
Ryan's seen it too. It is the happiest I've ever seen that guy. So yeah, so that was also a highlight. <laughs> yeah, Shannon likes to pretend he's a grouchy man that you know <laughs> does not have like any positive emotions, but. I have never seen his face light up like it did when he saw Jose Garcia Lopez. <laughs> the pictures on John's camera or phone don't do it justice with it. The- oh, they're going to see that picture because that <laughs> I already told John that's going to be the picture of the episode, and I told Shannon, too. <laughs> um, so any other artists that, or any other creators that you're looking forward to seeing this weekend or talking to or anything? Um, you know, I've really taken this one easy. I typically plan very far ahead and I look at the creator list and I figure out who's coming. Uh, again, this year it was all about Russ. He, you know, in 2012, it was going to be all about Joe Kubert. And unfortunately, Mr. Kubert passed away two weeks before the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, I, I like the fact that they are bringing in folks that, uh, of, of an age that's gone. But for most of us, these are the artists that we grew up and we knew. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, as far as other people, now, you know, we'll kind of float around and obviously pick up a few sketches here and there, but it might be from people you're not not as familiar with. And, okay. And I'm perfectly okay with that. How about you? Um, for me, uh, I mean, there's a, an impressive list of creators uh, at the show. Uh, the two big ones for me that I absolutely have to meet and get uh, autographs from is, uh, is Darwin Cook. I'm a huge fan of his art. Usually if I see a variant covers done by him, I'll pick it up. If I see anything where the whole issue is done by him, I'll pick it up. Um, I have an absolute edition of New Frontier, Justice League New Frontier, that I absolutely need to have him sign. And then Marv Wolfman is a big one for me, uh, talking about classic creators and everything. And Didn't he do a lot of the 80s cartoons? He did a lot of, yeah, he did a lot of stuff. I'm trying um, to remember why I knew his name. He did do uh, episodes of G.I. Joe, yeah, which we've covered. So, um, But what he's best known for, uh, four is he did Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is my favorite all-time comic book story, and he also did uh, a long run of Teen Titans. Uh, that's his run, his and uh, George Lopez. Is it bad George that, Lopez again? George then? Perez's run of Teen Titans is the best out there. So is it bad that I'm going to admit that never read Crisis. Um, no, it's not bad. So here's the thing: when I first got heavy into comics, I picked up Zero Hour because uh, that's what was out at the time, and I read it, and I was very confused. Um, because there's a lot of DC history you need to know to really make that story work. So someone told me, oh, well, if you were confused, you need to read Crisis on Infinite Earths first. So I went and read that. I get more confused because, again, you needed (laughs) even more history to understand that story. But what it did was I I liked the story enough. I just didn't understand all the characters in it, but it made me want to read more DC. So I would read more DC, and I would go back and reread Crisis. And I understood more of it. And it just kept being that way. And Crisis is one of those stories I'll read every year or every couple of years because I've read a lot more classic DC stuff and I get more out of it because of that. So I've, I've read like very, very little DC in my lifetime. Okay. I was, I was a Marvel guy. So. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, for me, it's, it's the perfect story because every time I read it, I get something new out of it. So, um, but there's, I mean, there's Scott Snyder's here, um, related to the show. Uh, I don't, I haven't checked to see if he's actually here, but uh, Ostrander is supposed to be he's here. Myself. Okay. I didn't realize he was going to be here. I was like, huh. Yeah. I've, uh, I've got the, like the Uber trade of. Oh, nice. Of legacy, of nice. legacy trades on I actually brought. I have uh, issue one half of the legacy, mm-hmm. which a listener out there got me. Uh, got that issue signed by Jander Sema for me. 
So if I can get Ostrander to sign it also, then I got both of them. Um, and then I brought some other issues that he did as well. Um, Josh uh, Blaylock is here, uh, who, for those that love the Devil's Do uh, image run of G.I. Joe, uh, he did a lot of the writing for that. So I got issue one of that and some other spinoff titles uh, that he wrote. So, um, God, the, li the list is very long for those creators that I want to... Distinguished? <laughs> yes, they're all distinguished. Um, Nick, what about you? I know you had a few people that... Uh, Scott Snyder. Yeah. You know, see, uh, Mark Wade. Oh, yeah, Wade. Um, Amanda Connor. Yep. I have a variant cover for Secret Wars 1. Okay. Um, there's a few other ones, but I like I got all my... Uh, Charles Soule. Okay. For the Death of Wolverine. Yep. I know uh, you mentioning uh, Mark Wade also reminded me that uh, I have issue number one of Archie number one. Uh, number, I have issue number one of Archie number one. <laughs> I have the new the new relaunch of Archie, right. uh, which is uh, the number one issue. I have the variant cover, which is done by Francesco Francavilla, and he's supposed to be here as well. Yes, okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to get that signed, and I'm hoping that maybe I can talk with a couple of the creators like Mark Wade and Blaylock and stuff like that to see if Maybe on Sunday I can get like 10, 15 minutes of their time to actually maybe do an interview with them about some of their work that they've done and what they have coming up and everything. So I, I don't imagine that Mark Wade is interviewed too much for his uh, Princess Leia miniseries, so he might like talking about it a little bit. I haven't seen a whole lot of interviews that have been done when he did that. So. I'm trying to think of all the, the Star Wars stuff I listen to. I don't think anybody's talked to well, As far as I know. Yeah. Shannon obviously is is at the show. Uh, maybe I can get him to say at least hi at some point on, on the podcast. <laughs> um, anyone for you, Eric, that you're... Uh, it was Katie Cook. Okay. But I've already talked to her. So got a little sketch on our cats and Star Wars apparel. Nice. One cat is an Ewok, the other one's a biker's cat. Nice. <laughs> um, and that's... And she's a huge cat fan, too. Yeah, so. and a Disney fan, which yes. is also a plus. Uh, I, hadn't, I, I didn't really pay attention to the list this year. Like, I knew Katie was going to be here. Right. I knew Shannon was going to be here. I knew Brian was going to be here. It was more just to hang and, out with people. And Brian being Brian Shearer. Yeah, and Brian Shearer, yeah. Uh, who, who, who does a lot of the inking the work for, for Shannon, so. Um, and outside of that, it was really just, man, eh, what can I find? I'll find what I find. And yeah. I didn't realize Andrew Griffith was going to be here again. And yep. So I'm going to hit him up tomorrow for some Robotech stuff. Yeah, I'm going to try to talk with him a little bit to see if he remembers being on the show at all. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, we did an interview. Yeah, we did an interview with him. Or something in the middle of it? Or? No, he stayed for the whole thing. It was, um, uh, was it John Barber I think we had on with him? And because he was like, Barber's going to be more entertaining to listen to than I am. And then Barber had to like leave in the middle of the interview and, uh, and Andrew stayed and he was perfectly fine. I um, thought you got sick. Oh, did I get sick? There was something where you were interviewing somebody and like you started feeling not really good in the middle of it and you're kind of abruptly cut it short or something. Oh, I don't remember. You're remembering better than I am. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember who it was. I just remember there was yeah. an interview or some kind like that because you were talking about it. You went back and did like the post edit thing. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, I don't I think it was around that. Season. It might have been Andrew Griffith. I think, and the next day I was sick as a dog. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, but I don't think he ever knew. No. <laughs> so well, he knows well, now if, if he listens. <laughs> you made him sick. Congratulations. <laughs> That's okay. Chuck's been doing it for a year. Someone <laughs> yeah, Chuck's gonna listen to us anyway. Right? No, he doesn't <laughs> listen to us anymore. Chuck's fine. He's still part of the show. <laughs> Just throwing it out there in case anyone reads too much into that. 
Um, all right, so you want to talk some RoboTech? Has anyone else got more Baltimore stuff you want to talk about? Obviously, we'll probably do some type of recap tomorrow. Jacob, you got anything? Anything you were excited about? Anyone you met today? Assassin's Creed figures. Got some yeah. Assassin's Creed figures? Cool. What? Anything in particular? Uh, pirate three-pack thing. Awesome. Cool. Stimulating. <laughs> Yay. My childhood can't speak, I promise. <laughs> Don't worry, only hundreds of people are listening to you. I can't even say, like, television where there's millions of people. But, you know. They're the future people. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right, so let's jump into some <coughs> Robotech talk. Is this where you're going to play, like, the cool, like, the, the opening sequence? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I got to do something with the sound, you know. You've listened to the show before, right? <laughs> I know. That's, right. Why, that's, that's why I said It's it. all done post-work, too, right. so. I would so. Except for the one time I, I can go grab the soundtrack off the rack over there. I, I think I'll be able to find it. Thanks. So. <laughs> um, of course, there was the one time I did scare Shannon and John when I played sound during the episode. <laughs> They're like, whoa, I never heard that during the show. <laughs> it's because you were sitting outside their window watching. Well, and I was playing Let's Get It On. So. Yeah, Robert both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You'd be hard-pressed to do that here on the fourth floor. I could pull it off, man. I could pull it off. I guess you could stand on the building across the way. Oh, and uh, speaking of which, with with Robert, Robert couldn't be here. Uh, he's up in Edmonton. Uh, they flew him in and did some drawings and everything else. But Robert's sister is here. Not here, here, but he's at the con- she's at the convention. <laughs> or, or, or so we're led to believe. She, she might be here, here, though, but Robert doesn't need to know that, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to listen to the show either. I don't jump no. <laughs> Robert sometimes listens to the show. <laughs> but no, I, I'm actually... Uh, I'm looking, forward to, I'm her, looking right? forward to meeting her because I want to rub that in Robert's face that I got to meet his sister. He's like so. a bad dog rubbing his oh, face. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, I'm not your sister. Hey, hey. <laughs> look at what you're missing. So, Robotech. <laughs> Take a selfie and send it to him. Right. That's exactly what I plan on but doing. No, I mean, if you're going to do that, you need to do it like at a distance so she's in the background. Right. Like somewhere. <laughs> hey, look who's behind me. Just multiple pictures of me stalking her. <laughs> that, that might be bad. Yeah, that might be bad. All right, so I have a lot of notes here, but I really didn't go through a whole lot of them. So I told Eric I'm really relying on him. I have no notes. It's all in my head. <laughs> That's fine. You probably know more than what's even on this paper. Yeah, well, I should, what I should have done was looked that over before we did this. Nah, we, we do everything on the fly here. <laughs> so uh, for those that don't know what Robotech is, I'm, this is based on the, uh, the cartoon, that what I'm about to read. Uh, but I think it gives a good idea of what... The, sh- uh, the show or the idea the start was, it, really. yeah. Everything else is subsidiary to that. Yep. So, Robotech is an 85-episode adaptation of three different anime television series made between 1982 and 1984 in Japan. Uh, the adaptation was aired in 1985. Within the, uh, the combined and edited story, Robotechnology refers to the scientific advances discovered in an alien starship that crashed on the uh, South Pacific island. With this technology, Earth developed gigantic uh, robot, robotic machines, or mecha. Uh, many were cap- 
capable of transforming into vehicles to fight their successive extraterrestrial invade invaders. That's kind of the gist of it, right? Pretty much. And the island was called Macross Island. Macross Island. It's so Macross. Right. So a lot Not of time to be confused with the, the plethora of Macross series that have been put out. Since. Right. Well, I was gonna say that that's why a lot of times people hear Robotech and Macross kind of being. Yeah. Synonymous and everything. Because else. the way the way Robotech was designed, where you have the Macross Saga, the Masters Saga, and Infinite Invasion, which are the three generations, mm -hmm. which was the Macross anime series. Uh, tr was it transdimensional? Some uh, armored cavalry Southern Cross is like Southern Cross, right? And then Genesis Climber, Mas I don't know Mas Pieta. I don't know how it's pronounced. I yeah. think it's Mas Pieta, which was Infinite Invasion. But with Macross, it's you've got Macross, Macross 2, Macross Plus, Macross 7, Macross 0, and <laughs> Macross Frontier. Macross 7's been kind of disavowed because it has nothing to do with Macross, but the rest of it's all concurrent in, in timeline. Like they, they right. go start at point A and it goes off, you know, some of it's in the past, some of it's in the future, but it's... It all has origins back to this island where this yeah. thing crashed, so... Yeah, yeah it's... So, do you know, or does anyone know, the origin of Robotech itself, besides the cartoon origin of it? Not off the top of my head. I know okay. I've heard it before. Okay. So, I do have that. So, prior to the release of the TV series, the name Robotech was used by a model kit manufacturer named Revel on their Robotech Defenders line in the mid-1980s. Which, there was also a DC comic book. Yes, there, there was. So, the line consisted of mecha model kits imported from Japan and featured in anime titles such as the Super Dimension Fortress Macross, uh, Super Dimension Century Orgus, and Fang of the Sun Dalgrim, whatever the heck that is. The kits were originally intended to be mar uh, marketed tie-ins to a similarly named comic book series by DC Comics. So, tying back to what you said there. Uh, which was actually canceled after two issues. Yeah. <laughs> I've only ever seen one issue of that. I've really? Seen both of them. I have not seen any I've of them. I've only ever seen issue number one. Okay. I've, I've, I've held it in my hands. But I I've never... imagine issue number two is probably pretty rare. I don't know. I've... Considering you've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, number one is pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. So, at the same time uh, that all this was going on, Harmony Gold licensed the Macross uh, TV series uh, for direct-to-video distribution in 1984, but their merchandising plans were compromised by Rebel's prior distribution of the Macross kits. So in the end, both parties signed into a co-licensing agreement, and the Robotech name was adopted into a TV syndication of <coughs> Macross combined with Super Dimension Calvary Southern Cross and Genesis Climber Muspedia. I, 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 I don't know if Mus, I like to say, I always Mus pronounce it yeah. I don't know how it's actually pronounced. Jesus, that's a mouthful. Yeah. It's <laughs> the Japanese, they love to do that ring. Yeah. Um, so according to Harmony Gold, there is the uh, canon mm -hmm. that's out there, which is Robotech the Macross Saga and Robotech the Masters, Robotech the New Generation, and Robotech the Shadow Chronicles, mm -hmm. which Shadow Chronicles just was in 2006. Yeah, and unfortunately it's a giant pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was Robotech 2, the Sentinels, and Robotech the Movie. Which are not considered, uh, they're considered secondary continuity. Well, the movie is really just a super condensed version of the original series, of the Macross series. Right. It's like a two hour crazy, con like, I've seen it, it's been a long time because it's not easy to find, but it's, 
it's just crazily condensed. I mean, you take yeah. what eighteen hours of show and condense it into two hours. Yeah, you, you lose a lot. Yeah. So they basically what Harmony Gold has said is that these these things they happened. You can watch them and enjoy them, but if there's anything later that came out that contradicts like anything in these the books, yeah, then their secondary continuity. Don't worry about that. Focus on the stuff that is truly canon. So, <coughs> um, so. Uh, I thought first I would ask like everyone's experience with Robotech now that we kind of got the gist of it, uh, of what it is and where it originated and all that fun stuff. Um, since you're our resident expert, Eric, why don't you tell us like how you first got exposed to it and and like <laughs> where your life has gone with it since then? <laughs> I know it was the cart the original airing of the cartoon. Yeah. The only episode I remember actually watching. Like, I know I watched it. I just, for whatever reason, this one scene always has stuck in my head where we came home from church on a Sunday, and it was the episode where they pull the Daedalus maneuver for the second time, and Chiron and everyone gets into it and yeah. back in the city. Okay. And uh, Rick is in is in his Veritech outside of the, the amphitheater, and the whole thing goes down with Minmay and Kyle with their kiss, and then he loses his mind and goes crazy. Yeah. So I re- that's the first real memory I have of it. But it was junior high school. I remember being in the library, and they had one of the they had book two of the Macross series okay. up on top of a shelf. And right. I went, oh, look at the artwork on that. It was like a Zentradi Battle Pod and something else was on the cover. Like, <laughs> Which oh, we'll get into all that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks cool. So I grabbed the book and, and, and whatever, checked it out and read it. I'm like, well, there's clearly more to this. So I went back, and I started reading the series. And then I had a, in eighth, eighth grade, I was taking advanced science, and we had a... a a field trip to the the NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena because this was Southern California when I was living at the time. Okay. And a kid in my class and the two kids in the in the seat behind us were all talking about the Robotech RPG books. Okay. I didn't realize that's what they were talking about. I thought they were talking about the actual novels by Jack okay. McKinney. Right. And that ended up that conversation led to me becoming friends with a kid that was sitting there that it, we ended up started playing the RPG game every day at lunch at school. Okay. And it just kind of spiraled. I mean, so like here I'm sitting in front of us, the like 800 books, yeah, I have <laughs> every single one of the old, the old Palladium RPG books, the new Palladium RPG. I don't play the RPG. I haven't played it in years, but the books are always good. I mean, I just devoured this stuff. It just yeah. always fascinated me. And, you know, so it, it's just always kind of it kind of comes and goes and wanes and but it's always been it's just ever since junior high school it's always been all through high school um, you know the friends I had in California same thing they were all into it I moved to, we moved to Virginia um, the friends I made there a couple of them were really into it uh, college you know it's college you get into other things a little bit and I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will say that you put up way childish things, as it were, until you graduate and you realize that they're still cool. And right. You want to be, Even when you become an adult, you're like, I'm, I want to hold on to my childish things. I don't want to be adulting anymore. I right. Want to be a child again. I don't want to adult anymore today. Yeah. So um, it's just always like I've always just loved. Hence it. why this podcast became, came to be. <laughs> yeah. I've just always loved the world. Yeah. I just always found it interesting, which, and I've always been a fan of anime, so. Okay. And even that used to confuse the hell out of you. Between what's the difference between Macross and, and Robotech? But now I know it well enough that okay, cool, I don't have a problem. But trying to explain that to people. 
Can you explain that? <laughs> the difference between Macross and Robotech? There's not a lot. That's the problem. Okay. <laughs> if you took the Macross saga part of Robotech and you took Macross itself, there are some deviations. Some of the names change. There's a couple of little different plot points and things. But for the most part, what you see in those 36 episodes of Robotech that is the Macross saga, it's pretty much the same as the Macross series. Okay. Once you get to episode 36, Robotech goes one way and Macross goes another way. Then that's where they veer. They're okay. totally different after that point. But you know. So are they, just because I don't know, and I don't think anyone else here knows, is it is it the same timeline but alternate timelines, or is it just this these characters go along this path and these characters go along that path? I don't know. I think it's just two different, I, I would say two different universes. Two different universes, okay. In one, in one universe, Macross happened, and another universe, Rebel Tick Okay. So it's, you know. Okay. <laughs> that's that's easy, the easiest yeah, way to really explain it. The thing about Macross is they go back, and Macross Zero, which is a series that I've, I've seen some of it, but it, for a long time it was really hard to find in the States because this goes back to the whole Harmony Gold thing. Right. It's a prequel to Macross. So it deals with the global civil war, which is already over by the time the Macross Mac series starts. starts. Right. So in theory, Macross Zero could still be kind of a prequel to Robotech. Okay. But anything else beyond that is not because the whole other, it's a whole other story. So if you ever wondered why it's tough to get into Robotech sometimes and understand what's going on, I, I almost relate it to, um, X-Men. Like, some people have a hard time getting into X-Men because there's so much continuity. There's, there's a lot of convoluted plot lines and everything else. Robotech has a little bit of that going like on for really, it, too. <laughs> if you really want to get into Robotech, just look for things that have the name Robotech on it. Yeah. If it just says Macross and doesn't say anything about Robotech, ignore it because it's a whole other storyline. Gotcha. Um, that simplifies it. Yeah, yeah. But And the other problem is, like, Harmony Gold has the distribution rights for everything... Macross related mm-hmm. everywhere in the world except for Japan. Oh, weird. so in Japan they can see, they keep pumping out all this Macross stuff, all these toys and series and stuff because they can. Right. But they can't legally do it. And like you can buy stuff, have it imported, but they can't release it to the rest of the world, which convolutes the issue. All right. And didn't Harmony Gold sue Hasbro over that? Uh, um, Joe Transformers S San Diego piece a few years ago, I remember when they did yes. the Starscream? Yes. Oh, no, no, it was because of Jetfire. Jetfire, Jetfire. right. Thank because yes. Jet, the original Jetfire toy is also the exact same toy they used with the original... Uh, Valkyrie VF1. Yeah, it's the VF1 from the Macross Saga, but it was... Um, uh, oh, crap, what was the name of the company? Uh, so with a T. Takara? Takara, I think it was Takara had the original toys for Macross back in the... Right. Know, and... In 85, here comes Jetfire. They just change the name and slap a different sticker on them. But it's still the exact same Ex- thing. Yeah. Like Battletech when, also had that problem, too. Yes, I Battle do remember Tech that. Battletech had a lot of mechs that were directly taken from Macross. Right. Not just the Veritex, but also a lot of the... Because I remember seeing Battletech stuff when it came out, and I was like, oh, cool, ro- more Robotech stuff or whatever. And then I found out later, I was like, oh, those are... Different. That's different. It's, yeah, it's, it's totally separate. So I know that they got sued for that, and eventually the whatever the company is that owned Battletech had to take those out of the line um, or just do modifications to yeah. them or whatever. But yeah, so. I, I remember like the I even remember as a kid the whole uh, 
Jetfire, Skyfire, however you want to call them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he has two names, so. Um, but I remember that, like, being an issue with just that toy being on the shelves, uh, that, you know, and hearing something that, you know. Especially since when that toy was out, you could buy actual Robotech toys. Right. Now it's like a bother you, just, you don't see them anywhere. Right. Um, and that's why I was surprised when they came out with the new Jetfire. He's essentially, he, a lot of his design is still the Robotech design. I assume they've probably come to some sort of. Yeah. Some type especially of. Especially when Carl Masick's been dead for a while. That yeah. It probably isn't. You know, and that was the other thing is I don't I don't know if you mentioned, but Robotech was put together by basically one guy, and that was Carl Masick. Okay. Um, he was really the guy who put it like he formed Harmony Gold in order to get the rights to Macross and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So, you know, it's really once he died, I think the vision kind of died with him. Okay. So judging by how terrible uh, Seattle Chronicles, God, that was bad. <laughs> Which I have still not watched it. I have it. I have not I watched watch it yet. Just upset to watch it, but it's yeah, it's like CG. Okay. And the, it's CGs is kind of funky, but the story's not. Okay. So, um, John, do you remember? I have like, about a thimble's full of experience with Robotech. <laughs> That's was, okay. So again, as the old man here, um, I was reading the Kamiko. Oh yeah. But I think that was Robotech: The Maycross Saga. I no, think. no, Kamiko no? did. Kamiko, See, I'm getting schooled. I don't. Kamiko, That's all right. Kamiko That's did good. all of it. They did. Yeah. They did Macross, Southern Cross, and Envy. Because I have an almost complete run of those. I have, cool. but it wasn't called Robotech the Macross Saga. It was called. It had Robotech Macross Saga for yeah. however many issues. It That's had. what and I had. Robotech the Master Saga and the Robotech like I don't know if it was Infinite Invasion or whatever they put yeah. on. I, I, so I, read, I read Macross yeah, Saga. It was new generation. Yeah. And then what was it? Maybe a year and a half, two years ago, when Robotech came out on Netflix, you were uh, strong arm ready to check it out, and I did. I watched like maybe five or six episodes. I just couldn't get into it. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was interesting, but it's also a thirty-year-old cartoon. Yes, and, yeah. and some of the some of the characterizations they were kind of whiny and <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, you got to remember the time frame it was made. I mean, okay, it was released in eighty-five, so it was probably really made in eighty-four. And you go back and you look at anime from that ser- that era, especially the it's stuff very that was much brought like in that. the states, and it's really fast-paced. Like the the the, the voice acting is not not great, mm-hmm. and you know you're trying to. Overall, I think it holds up okay, mm-hmm. but some of the music and some of the voice acting does not hold up very well, mm-hmm. just because of the nature of it's 30 freaking years old at yeah. this point. So, I mean, I think if they were to do a series like that, like if they took the series and it worked in this day and age, right. I think it would be a slower pace. The voice acting, I think, would be better because there's more of a talent pool for that. It's a yeah. deal. Like Tony Oliver, the guy who voiced Rick Hunter in the series, has done the ton of stuff over the years and a lot of really popular series yeah but you know he's 30 years older now so right more more uh, with age comes wisdom and knowledge of how to play things a little bit better and just i think the industry is you know back in 85 they're trying to find anything anime related outside of your vampire hunter d right uh, uh area 88 akira and a couple other things. It was impossible. You couldn't find a bubblegum crisis. You couldn't find anything. It just right. didn't exist. Right. And the pool of talent was very small. So, yeah. Did you know. say bubblegum crisis? Bubblegum crisis. Oh, I was going to say bubblegum <laughs> crisis. Is that like, we've run out of shrimp at the restaurant. What are we going to serve? Chicken fingers, chicken sandwich, chicken pot pie, um, chicken nuggets. <laughs> And when I get into some of my experience, some of the things that you're talking about, I can relate to and everything as well, as far as like, 
um, watching it now as an adult. There's things I notice now that I didn't really notice when I was a kid watching it. So well, I think when you watch the cartoons now, I think Macross holds up the best out of the three. Yeah. Southern Cross, I don't think, holds up very well. Okay. Um, because you're taking a story that's completely, like, it's supposed to take place on, like, on a totally different planet. Yeah. And then you're trying to shoehorn that into the middle of a series, and the mech all looks totally different. You have characters that are totally unrelated to anything. You're trying to now make related to people. So you have to, you know, it, it's just, I think that's just the weakest one. Yeah. And at least new generation with the infant, the mecha makes, it looks like it would be a transition. It looks like, you know, like if you go with Star Wars, you know, you have Bone Trooper to Storm Trooper to the new TFA Troopers. Right. You can see a trans- transition. You know, in Robotech, you go from, okay, the, the Veritex, the VF1s, to all of a sudden now hover tanks, and then you're back to something that looks like a VF1. You know, right. The, the alphas and the betas, they look more like Veritex again. Right. So this is a whole, and I think that's probably part of the reason why it's the least liked of the three. Gotcha. So, so Nick, what's your experience with Robotech at all? Nada. <laughs> I watched the cartoon a little bit, like after school or something, but that's right. probably just about it. It was on the, the block with, like, G.I. Joe and Transformers and right. Jim. Right. Mask. Well, of course, Mask, Jim, yeah. yeah. We all watch Jim, mm-hmm. right? I watch Jim. I watch Jim now more. Than <laughs> you have girls, don't you? I, yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, my five and seven year old, they like to watch that. What's some of their tastes in cartoons? Are... Yeah. So you'd Same. rather them watch Jim than some of the other things? No, actually, okay. you know what? They watch Jim. And then they'll watch the nineteen, like the sixties version Godzilla. Okay. That they like what they'll sing the theme song with and everything. That's, and just, that's not just, a bad just, thing. They watch on num- Do they Netflix. do the Godzilla dance yet? No. Oh. <laughs> but it just it just dumbfounds me that they get into that where it's like there's no. They didn't have any knowledge of it before. I didn't talk about her or anything it's like that. Because fucking Godzilla. That's why. I, I know. <laughs> my, she was, my seven-year-old, she was probably like six at the time, five or six, and she she wanted a boat with like Captain Majors. I'm like, oh, <laughs> they don't make those anymore. <laughs> I don't know if they ever I made I don't think those. they ever made them. <laughs> guess I don't even know who Captain Majors is. Guess, He's the Captain Majors. Guess you're going to have to contact they, some type of custom supplier. Uh, they made like a stuffed Godzilla. Okay. Have you found that yet for them? It's online for like 30 bucks. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, something they don't want to play with for like once. <laughs> that might be their most treasured possession you ever. Probably, you could probably find some of those Godzilla comics that Herb Trippy drew pretty cheap in his book. Yeah. 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 Um, Godzuki's not in them, but yeah. Yeah. Still good comics. Still good comics. Yeah. All right, so uh, my experience is is more than, than Nick's and more than John's, but nowhere near the level of Eric's. <laughs> so I watched the cartoon as a kid. Um, the All I remember is the, the Macross saga, so I don't know if that's all I watched as a kid. It's also the most episodes. It's 36 compared to 24. Yeah. Each of the other two. Um, so one of the reasons, too, uh, when I was looking up information about one of the reasons why those three got put together was also because the Macross saga by itself was not enough episodes for syndication for syndication at that time. And what was happening was overseas, it was being aired once a week. Well, they wanted it here every five days. Day. Yeah. I remember like a block, like an hour block of GI Joe every day. Right. You know, which is why it's taking us so long to get through the animated episodes with uh, the G.I. Joe cartoon, we're not even through season one because season one was, was like, like... 60 episodes. It was, yeah, it was a r- ridiculous well, number of episodes. thing that I remember that really, I think, connected me with me with this at first. Yeah. It's the first thing I remember having a concurrent story. Yeah. 
So it started at point A and it went to point B and how it got there. I mean, characters died. Right. You know, major characters. Well, I was going to say, that was the thing I noticed as a kid that really impressed me was it was the first cartoon I watched. I mean, keeping in mind, I was watching G.I. Joe and I'm watching Transformers. No one really died, at least not until the movies. <laughs> like, Transformers the movie when Optimus Prime died. Like, okay, no one's... Spoilers! <laughs> Damn, my favorite character is wasted in the first three Yeah, seconds. Iron Eye gets killed. Those, those and... troopers can't hit anything. Right. They're like stormtroopers. No, right. uh, uh, uh. See, they, I'm going to dispute that right now. They do hit stuff. <laughs> stormtroopers <laughs> shoot 99% of the time at Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, R2, and 3PO. You think they're going to kill the, the main character? So, uh, even then, let's see, R2 gets shot. 3PO gets shot. Leia they gets do, shot they do twice. They Leia. <laughs> Leia gets shot twice. <laughs> And, the, and look what they did to the normal Rebel Troopers. Yeah. They wasted them. It, it seems like every episode we have to have someone that's outraged by say, something. Outrage, outrage, I'm so tired of, ooh, Stormtroopers can't hit anything. Because they're shooting at the main fucking character. You're not going to have much of a movie. They, obviously, the they obviously hit Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. They, look what they did <laughs> they to did the, the Rebel same. Troopers on the, on the Tantive Fourth at the very beginning. They killed plenty of Ewoks. And Jawas and Sand Troopers. Uh, yeah. Sand people. What do you think they else? did to the the, uh, the 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 rebel soldiers in hot? Right. <laughs> you know? So sorry. No, it's fine. Like well, I, I said, thought the wampas. Well, that was the un- unedited or the right. Un- right. Edited, the un- room cutscene with a room full of wampas. Yeah. Yeah. Got them. Um, no, it's fine. It, it's evident. It's evident that uh, I'm that every episode we're gonna have someone that's just <laughs> outraged by something, and I'm just looking forward to what the next one's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the stormtroopers with wrench first. Who wins? Gee, I wonder. <laughs> I like the the meme out there with the stormtrooper missing and the red shirt still dies. <laughs> um, so going back to Robotech. <laughs> so um, so I watched the cartoon and and like I said, even as a kid, it was the one thing where I realized characters actually died. It was like that was what kind of drew me into it. it was like, well, there's actual repercussions for a lot of these characters. Um, so I watched the cartoon as a kid. Um, and what you know, watched Voltron, and I watched uh, Battle of the Planets, and those are really the extent of my anime watching, and that is really the only extent ever of my anime watching. <laughs> like I've watched some anime since then, but I just have never gotten into it. It's just those three things. I've watched a shit ton. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. From you know, so then as an adult, I you know started rewatching it, like because I know you were mentioning you were going to rewatch it. So I was like, well, let me start rewatching it. Also, I have not gotten through. Have you read the lot. books? I have yeah. never read the books. The books are worth it because they they do some things with the books where, like the idea of the helmets that in the Jack McKinney novels, mm-hmm. which you can get an omnibus version now, because it used to be the Macross saga was six books and it was three books for the other two. Right. And then the Sentinels had five books and then I think there were a total of 21 books originally but really the only ones you can find now are the Macro Saga uh, Masters and, and they're all they're all omnibuy okay but they're they go they explain some things better they, they, their helmets the pilot's helmets basically are considered thinking caps in the books where it, it helps with response time okay so you know, like in the movies, they're just working wearing helmets. Yeah. Even though they're, they can't see crap because their hair is... <laughs> um, the books are worth the read. Like, okay. I think they're... If you 
if you're interested in the world, like you find the world interesting and the cartoon just kind of like, ah, the cartoon's a little hard to handle because it's old. Right. Read the books. Okay. Better. Plus, I don't know if you have this on your notes or not, with Jack McKinney. Yeah. Actually being two different people. No, I didn't. Jack McKinney was a pseudonym for two different authors. Uh, James Sano. Okay. Who you probably recognize. Yeah. And I forget what the other guy's name is, but he's dead now. Okay. Uh, but Luceno, Darth Plagueis. Yeah. A star, major Star Wars author. Yeah. Uh, and he actually lives in Annapolis down the road. Oh, okay. So. Very cool. Yeah, the books are, are worth the read. Okay. Opinion, so. so I, like I said, I started rewatching it, and the one thing that I noticed uh, as an adult watching it now, which I did not notice as a kid, is when it focused on a lot of times when it focused on the the characters and not on like the action and the the uh, the mecha and all that type of stuff. When it focuses on the characters. It, and I think this is kind of typical for anime, but it was kind of like silly and over-exaggerated and, and a, a lot of times. Um, there's definitely some, uh, because of the time it came out, there's definitely some like male chauvinism going oh, yeah. on throughout we'll it. And, I mean, again, it's because the time period. It came out in, in Japan originally, which is still a very male-centric yeah, society. exactly. Um, and, you know, it's... Uh, for my my train of thought just deep <laughs> that happens often on the show <laughs> outrage <laughs> dude, dude. so let's talk about those stormtroopers hitting things again <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm so glad you said. <laughs> no so um so like i said when you focused on the the characters and everything else it seemed very over the top very uh exaggerated and like i said from my experience of anime that's pretty common but when you got to, like, the mecha fighting and everything else, it was, like, intense battle scenes that were, like, very serious and very, like, the animation was really cool. Um, so those are the scenes I enjoyed the most as an adult. So um, so I kind of put my focus on that a lot more uh, and just still followed the story along and everything else. And that seemed to, to really help, even though it was, like you said, it's 30 years old. Some yeah. things are just kind of dated and everything else. Um, when you were talking about the, the voice acting and everything else, and, and with me referring to some of the, the silliness and everything, I think that's one of the reasons why, for me, I always enjoyed Voltron more than Robotech. I loved Robotech, but I enjoyed Voltron more because, to me, some of the voice acting, I think, was a little bit better for Voltron. Um, it wasn't as silly. It still had some of its silly moments, but it seemed like a lot more serious of a cartoon uh, at times than Robotech does <laughs> now, for me, looking back at it. Um, but like I said, I still loved Robotech. I mean, I was a fan of, I still am a fan of Transformers. So it was like, oh, cool. Now we got humans piloting things that transform. So that was really cool to me. And then getting into all the, you know, the military aspects of it and the, the different tanks and all that type of stuff. So it was, it's a cool thing. I, I plan on still continuing, continuing to rewatch it to kind of see, you know, how much I enjoy it all the way through. I do plan on going all the way through. To the end, even to the Shadow Chronicles. Like I said, just watch it to say, okay, I've seen it. Right, exactly. It's like, I own, I own it, so I might as well watch it. Um, but uh, Now, a couple things I wanted to have you explain. Uh, there are some words that you used if someone is not familiar with Robotech at all. <laughs> so, Invid. What is an Invid? They are the basically the species that's in the... New Generation slash Invid Invasion, which is the third Caesar series, they're basically the main bad guys. Right. There are species yeah. called the Invid that are they're kind of like these crab type people. Um, that 
<laughs> I feel myself. I'm about to follow this cliff of going into the whole explanation of the Flower of Life and the Robotic Masters and how they. <laughs> anyway, they're they're basically the main bad guys, ultimately of the entire series. Yeah. Um, because, and what powers all the vehicles is called protoculture, which is is taken is harvested somehow from the Flower of Life, which the Flower of Life originated on the infant homeworld. Um, and then the Robotech Masters from the second series actually found the flower, basically ripped, raped the planet, stripped it clean. This is sounding very sexual. I know. I'm going to say it sounds like Master Qui-Gon, what are midichlorians? I know. It, it's all interconnected, but ultimately the inventor, these crap... This, this, so they opened her flower. With the Regis, Yes. It's actually, yes, pretty much. <laughs> um, but no, it's good to, to it, get the explanation gets, oh of God, where it all comes from. I don't, like, I've never really had to explain it before. Like, I right. understand it. It's okay. It's like me doing the conk uh, episode of G.I. Joe where I just couldn't get through it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the inventor or crab-like type species, like a slug, slug kind of slash crab, that their home world was destroyed by the Robotech Masters and they went in a frenzy and just said, fine, we're going to just, if we're not going to kill you, we're going to see the flower of life everywhere so we can, so we can power everything. And if we don't kill you, we're going to enslave you. All right. So after they, so after they open the flower, they spread the seed everywhere. Yes. So, (laughs) Robotech, they destroyed the alien's planet. So wouldn't that make Robotech the bad guy? No, no, no. Robotech is just what they call the technology. They ultimately, like the humans, have decided to call the, the technology that allows them to build the change, the, the changing vehicles. Right. They've decided to call Robotech. So, are the humans then the bad guys? No. Because they the humans are are complete are completely their bystanders. Okay. So who destroyed the home? The Robotech world? masters are the ones who basically they think of them like the Roman Empire. Okay. Um, so are they in a whole another alien species? They're a whole they're they're a whole other alien species. Then. Okay. The Master Saga, right, is about the Robotech Masters. The, the Robotech Masters, thousands of years in the in the in the past, um, were a flourishing society, and they had a scientist by the name of Zor who discovered the infant homeworld and this flower of life. Okay. And they discovered that the flower of life had all of these properties that they could harness and turn into this like, crazy energy source that basically became known as protoculture. The Robotech Masters then decided, because Zor was just a scientist, while the society was controlled by whatever the society, whoever the, the Masters, yeah. decided to, they created the Zentradi as a warrior force to fight their wars for them. So they sent the Zentradi to the infant homeworld and they farmed the planet clean. Okay. And in the process, killed billions of the infant. Okay. Um, so then the Invid, what survived, the king and queen of the Invid survived and mutated their species into this warlike culture that started a war with the Robotech Masters. Okay. Zor had also had, his personal flagship was the SDF-1, which does not look like what you and I think of when we see it in the Macross side. Okay. So what ends up happening is the Robotech Masters lose the war. Mm-hmm. And as, as the final battle is really taking place, Zor shoots his ship off into just random space with basically the one thing that can still make protoculture. Okay. 
and it happens that's the ship that crash lands on Earth. On Macross Island. Yes. So, so we've all circled back. <laughs> humanity had nothing to do with any of it. Okay. It was the war between the Robotech Masters and the Invid, and the Centrati basically fighting for the Masters. Zor sends a ship off. The Robotech Masters tell the, the Centrati, you have got to find the ship. So when they find the ship, the Centrati have left the Robotech Masters to their own thing. Mm-hmm. The Robotech Masters Empire falls to the Invid, and the Centrati are still out there because there's billions of them. So that leads to the next word that people might not know at all, which is Zentradi. Zentradi are basically 60-foot-tall, uh, effectively Hum- humans. Humanoids, yeah. Yeah, but they were created by the Robotech Masters as, as the ultimate warriors. Okay. And not the kind that would grab a rope, <laughs> shake it, and then fight Hulk Hogan. Different ultimate warriors. Yeah, so they're, they're just a species that... You know, these massive warriors that are basically considered cannon fodder because they're okay. easy to produce, I guess. Okay. So, um, when I started watching it, we had a couple characters I think are pretty important, at least early on. Oh, Rick. Yeah, Rick, Hunter, mm-hmm. and Roy Foker, um, which I always pronounced as Fokker when it's I saw it growing both. up. Because <laughs> I think um, there was an actual World War One German pilot by the name of Fokker. Yeah. Who was it? Uh, I know he's. I believe there's some actual maneuvers named after. Okay. So I, 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 that that sounds familiar, but I, I don't it's know. It's like enough. Grub or Grub. Right. If I'm in Germany, it's Grub. Okay. So. I'm, I'm gonna start calling you Grub. No, please don't. <laughs> That's not how we pronounce it. No, um, it's not Grub. Because I'm not Gruber. I'm not Hans Gruber. Guy you're not McGruber. No, I never saw that. <laughs> I'm not falling off the side of a building. Um. Nakatomi Tower. Right. So. Uh, so with Rick, when the Macross series opens, he's just a hotshot kid. He's just a kid who is a uh, basically a... Uh, and he's only like, what, 13 years old? No, 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 14? No, no, no. He looks like he is. He's, he's supposed <laughs> to be like 18, 19. Okay. Uh, no, Rick is a um, like an air show pilot. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't like he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't, he doesn't like the military. Yeah. Basically, the Earth has been in World War Three for decades. Yeah. At this point. And it's over when the ship, when SD1 crash lands, the war ends. Right. And then we have Roy. Roy, who's who, been a career military pilot. Yeah. So. Um, then we have, uh, I'm trying to remember the Admiral's name at the Global. beginning. Global. who looks like Edward James almost. Kind a of. little bit. He's supposed to be Russian. <laughs> yeah. Who is a media guest here this weekend. If you want to get a picture or an autograph, you can too. They make it sound free, but it's not, people. Oh, they announced and it many times. If you, if you play StarCraft, yeah. the humans, the battle cruiser that you can build. Yeah. The pilot, when you see his little picture, it looks like global and a battle cruiser operational. Oh, nice! So it's actually it's supposed to be they took it as an homage to Robotech with Admiral Global. Gotcha. So, um, and most of these people on the series all die by the end of it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, I didn't say who. It's just like Game of Thrones. Everybody. It's not as bad as Game of Thrones. No, <laughs> it's not like you fall in love with everybody and they all die. <laughs> Spoiler Six, for anyone seven. just starting there's to watch. There's at least seven major characters that die in Macross Saga alone. And there's at least about seven major characters that die in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, there's more than that. Um, not to ruin Game of Thrones for anyone that hasn't started watching it, but just don't start falling in love with any character. Because <laughs> yeah, well, Just the dwarf. Just the dwarf. You can love the dwarf, uh, which most people do. Um, <laughs> He's an angry elf. <laughs> yes. He is. Um, drunken one, too. Yep. So a uh, couple of notes I had was there's the what's known as the first Robotech War, which is the Macross, Macross saga. saga, 
Uh, there's the second Robotech War, Masters, which is the Masters, and the third Robotech War, which is the new generation. Um, so, uh, <laughs> did you know that there was there has been a lot of talk since about 2007 a live action of a live action movie? Yeah, because Tobey Maguire was supposed to be in at some point, and then uh, what's his name? Um, Don't let me go. Or fucking. What? Leonardo. Titanic. Thank you. Yes, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Was, I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never it. let go. Um, so, yeah, so just some notes on that. Uh, on September 7th, 2007, The Hollywood Reporter stated that Warner Brothers had acquired the film rights to Robotech. It's in Sony's hands now, I think. And it was, uh, and that's when they were talking about Tobey Maguire, yeah. was during that time. Uh, and in an interview with Harmony Gold, Representative Kevin McKeever uh, said that Warner Brothers had approached Harmony Gold about the project, and Harmony Gold would have, would have a say, quote-unquote a say, in its creative direction, and it was not expected to affect the production schedule for Shadow Rising. Uh, Follow-up to... Yeah. Um, uh, in June of 2008, it was reported that Lawrence Kasdan had been hired to write the film, who we kind of know a little bit. Wow. He did a few... Minor Didn't known he movies. Co write episode seven. Yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> so I'm tying it all back. <laughs> and he's working on eight, isn't he, as well? Yes, or he is. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he is. So so that's a name we're pretty familiar See? with. Well, I was going to say Metachlorians in this we talked about earlier, but I know he didn't. He hasn't had nothing to do with so moving, moving on. He moving should on. have had something because then Metachlorians probably would have. Fake outrage! <laughs> <laughs> because then Metachlorians probably wouldn't have made it into the movie. <laughs> Um, well, it never got mentioned again after episode one. No, it didn't. That's why they said you can do the machete watch, where you don't even watch episode one. You watch episode four, five, and then you watch two and three as a flashback, and then you watch Return of the Jedi. Oh, I thought that's where you watched the just movie watch Machete, three and, three and then was, just yeah. imagine him chopping up the people in Star Wars. <laughs> machete in space! <laughs> I would watch that. That'd be cool. <laughs> I want him to have a... a a lightsaber <laughs> machete, though. <laughs> a light shetty? A light shetty. Um, so when uh, Lawrence Kasdan, that was in 2008, he was hired to write the film with Charles Roven and Akiva Goldman, uh, joining Tobey Maguire as producers. Uh, during the Robotech panel at Anime Expo 2008, the involvement of Maguire and Kasdan was confirmed, with Kasdan writing the script for the live-action film. Uh, Tommy Yoon? Yeah. Uh, also re- uh, revealed that the film is planned as a reimagining of the original Robotech universe, which I'm sure people were really thrilled to hear reimagining, um, with new updated mecha and character designs. So they were basically... They basically don't want to look so 80s anymore. They were going to uh, transformerize it. <laughs> probably. I, actually, I wonder, I wonder if they would probably maybe do more like a Battlestar Galactica type feel with it. That would have been cool. I could see that. Because I think that would work much better than like a... I agree. You know, if you make it more... I mean, realistic per se, but you know, like from like a military that, like aspect, and... from a military aspect, what was going on in Robotech was not very mili- was not no. very correct. No, but it it would have had that more gritty, real feel to it. The thing I'm afraid of is because there are, you do have some vehicles that behave like Transformers. I'm just so afraid with the success of yeah. the Michael Bay movies that they would have tried to do that direction. And you won't be able to figure out what the hell is going on. Right. <laughs> We're all the same color. What's happening? Is that a separate color? Who is this? Um, so at that time, they said it'll uh, take place several years in the future, departing from the original cartoon's 2009 setting. Uh, as of November 2008, 
Oh, because that's the important thing to mention is that supposedly the Robotech cartoon already happened. Robotech already happened about six years ago. <laughs> well, no, it, it really the the it's like nineteen ninety nine is supposed to have been when the STF one crashed. Crashed, and then so they had already well into it. Right, they already had years after that. It was ten years after that or something like yeah, that when they yeah. when they finally were able to try to relaunch it and all that. Um, as far as the the vehicle that crashed, um, so as of November two thousand eight. Alfred Goff, or Go, uh, and Miles Miller, uh, who both worked in Smallville, Spider-Man 2, Herbie Fully Loaded. 1989 talk- Batman 2. Uh, I don't have that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I accept you. Uh, the Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. <laughs> uh, were They were set to be writers for the film. So we talked about Herbie in the past, so we have. Shannon would be happy to hear about that. Um, due to undisclosed reasons, Roven is currently no longer working on the proposed film adaptation of the Robotech animated series, but he wished to, uh, wish the remaining producers, Goldman and McGuire, fantastic luck on the project. Quote, unquote, fantastic luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, in early 2013, the Hollywood Reporter announced that Warner Brothers was in talks with the commercial director, Nick Matthau. Uh. Uh, to direct the film. On July 24th of 2013, it was reported that Leonardo DiCaprio had turned down a role in Star Wars Episode Seven, well, apparently, which I'm kind of grateful for. DiCaprio was <laughs> like, I know, is a, is a huge G.I. Joe fan. Oh, okay. He is the largest so, collector of, C, of CGC graded figure, the highest collection, highest graded collection in the country. Oh, wow. So I would not be surprised. Could we get him on the show? (laughs) (laughs) So I would not be surprised if he's a fan of Robotech. If we promise to only talk about his G.I. Joe collection, do you think we could get him on the show? (laughs) Ask about how hot Margot Robbie really is in real life. Um, I I actually really like Leonardo DiCaprio as an actor, but I am glad he's not in Episode 7. Like, I'm glad if there was a role offered to him that he turned it down because I just don't... What if he was he a could, stormtrooper? He could be, you know, I say he could right. be, he could be an alien. Yeah. Yeah, that I could... I guess I can get behind Simon that. Pegg. Yeah. Simon Pegg, I like the fact that he's just wanted a little side part that, and that's fine. Wouldn't you? Sure. Oh. Hell yeah! I volunteer for... I volunteer tribute. We were... We were... <laughs> we were talking on the drive here. There was the whole UNICEF uh, yeah, donation thing. Yeah, where you could get a chance to be in the movie. It was like a little side character, and they couldn't guarantee you'd be in the movie, but that you would be filmed in a scene. And uh, I was I was telling Nick I donated just a little bit just to have a chance at least because you can't win if you don't play. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife asked me, she's like, I know it's a long shot, but if you won, who would you take? And I said, well, I would take you. And she's like, you wouldn't take one of your friends that's heavy into Star Wars. I go, no, because they would want to have as much focus on them as I would want to have focus on me. And if you go, you don't care other than that I'm happy. <laughs> well, I, would, I would just want to be there. I wouldn't give a crap about who I was. Like, oh, right. my <laughs> Well, I told... I told, Can you sit the cockpit of the X-Wing, please? I told Nick I think I would weep if I got to, like, walk on the Falcon set hear, or something like this that. Is, this is a side story. But sure. you heard Kevin Smith talk about when he had his visit to yeah. the set? Yeah, And he talked about, like, stepping up the ramp of the Falcon? Yes. Oh. That's exactly how I would feel. I, he, I would, he was probably stoned while he was doing it, too. So. True. He yeah. probably felt he was actually walking onto the Falcon that was about to take off. <laughs> Fire truck. Is I, I need awesome. to make a slight errata. I, uh, Goff and Millar did not do Batman 89, and for that I apologize. I got a little too <laughs> excited about their uh, apologize. background working on DC comic property. You got a little stuff. too excited, so you had some erotica? Is that what you Irata. said? Errata. <laughs> E-R-R-A-T-A. 
<laughs> in other words, I'm fixing my errors on the fly. Gotcha. Um, we can put that in the FAQ. Fake outrage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want some fan calling, you know, calling us out on Facebook saying they were not. They're going to anyways. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That's what we do. Or, 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 that's that what we do as geeks. Is, is somebody who knows Robotech better than I do is being like, no, this is wrong, and that's wrong. I'm like, well, yeah. whatever. Yeah, this is what we know. We welcome your feedback. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll correct it on the next episode. We just episode. don't want fake outrage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the latest thing is on July 3rd of 2015, Kevin McKeever of Harmony Gold stated that at Anime Expo that Sony <laughs> has the rights to release this film worldwide with the exception of Japan. See, there we go. Always with about Japan. They, they hate Japan. <laughs> Goddamn right. Who's got it in Japan? Uh, Bandai or somebody. Oh. Who, whoever had the original rights to Macross. I think, which I think is probably Bandai. So I guess prior to that, on March 25th of, of this year, uh, Variety announced that Robotech that the Robotech franchise had been acquired by Sony Pictures, who reviews who views Robotech as a potential film franchise. So they're not looking to just make one movie. They're looking to. They're looking. They're looking to do what everybody's looking to do now, which is let's make a whole make universe. Right. <laughs> like Twilight, anyone? Oh my god! Well, everyone's doing that. Like Marvel's making their universe. DC's making their universe. Hell, they're trying to make a universe of the like the, the universal monsters. They're trying to make Valiant universe. Yeah, right. they're trying to make uh, the universal monsters yeah, into their right. own into their own like universe of movies. So. Um, so yeah, uh, also Robotech Comics. Yeah, there's been a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so we had Kamiko or Comico, however you want to pronounce yeah. it. That was from '84 to '89. Yep. Eternity Comics. They had the Sentinels, uh, which, which is never 80, got finished. '88 to '94. Because yep. they got bought up by Malibu. Uh, I don't know. And then because Eternity ceased to exist and became something else, and they only like they only got through like book four of the Sentinels, I believe, in the comics. Okay. Um, and then that company ceased to exist, and then I, Antarctic Press had it for a while. Right. And now Wildstorm, I think, is the only Yeah, so we had also Academy Comics, which was 94 to 96. That was, Academy is who bought out Eternity. Eternity. Okay. And then we had Antarctic Press. Yep. And then we had uh, Wildstorm, which is when I jumped on to actually reading Robotech Comics, which I thought they were pretty good. The, uh, it was an Into the, to, to the Stars, I think? Yeah. Cause they, they, and, this and then they also they, did an Invasion one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they did a prelude to the Shadow Chronicles. Because when Eternity had it, they did Sentinels, um, and they were going, they were taking basically the the book, the the Jack McKinney novels, and converting them into comics. And it was like twenty issues per twenty twenty four issues per comic, yeah, per book. Um, you know, so two years to to go through a book. Then they had a whole slew of uh, like a. Uh, Something about the the like the Malcontent uprising, uh, cyber pirates, uh, Robotech Academy. I mean, they had a whole slew of various kinds of yeah. comics that a lot of them were mediocre at best. Yeah, I mean, I liked the the Wildstorm ones. I thought they were yeah, decent, at least decently and done. The press one wasn't bad either. Okay, they, they only went like five or six issues. It didn't, um, go very, it didn't go very long. Gotcha. And the Wildstorm did a couple of miniseries. And the other problem is nothing is in trades. No. The only things you can get in trades, you can get the Macross Saga from Kamiko's in trades, but right. they're small trades. They're, yeah, I found that out the hard way. Because oh. <laughs> I got them in trade. I thought they were going to be full-size trades. And I got yeah. them. I was like, oh, these are small. Yeah, it's, and it's, I think it's four trades <laughs> yeah. for the entire 36 issues. Yep. Uh, and, then, and then... Well, I don't even know if they got all 36 issues into it. Oh, they did. 
Did they? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then they have, uh, uh, they did a couple of trades from the Wildstorm, and that's it. Like, none right. of the Eternity stuff is And trade. the Wildstorm ones are tough to find. Yeah, I have one of them, um, which is the To the, I think, to the Stars, Into the Stars, I forget, it's yeah. Into the Stars, which is kind of like a pseudo-prequel to, to Macross Saga, but um, it's just none of this stuff is in trades. Like, yeah. the, the Sentinels comics, it was basically drawn by the Waltrip brothers, Jason and John. One of them drew in a little bit more of an anime-type style, which okay. I like a lot more. And the, they were actually pretty good. They were funny. They were, you know... But, man, I, I want them to trade, but it's never going to happen. Yeah. But, um, and then Dynamite is the one that has them, owns oh, the rights they did now. The one, right? So they did a Voltron Robotech crossover, and they announced that, depending on how that sold, that they would look to do a Robotech series. Now... They haven't come out since then to say if it did well and they're looking to do a Robotech series, but they did bring Voltron back again. So I'm thinking if they brought Voltron back again, that maybe it did sell well enough. Yeah, so no, we well, might see a Robotech Harmony series. Harmony Gold has always been, and Tommy Yoon, who's pretty much in charge of Harmony Gold now, is notoriously prickly. That's what I've heard, yeah. Um, so it's it's just hard to it's hard to get anything, you know? Yeah. So it's like you want the series, you want this to to live. But you don't do anything about it. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, outside the current RPG books by uh, by Palladium Books, there's nothing. Yeah. You know, I think uh, is it, who's the I can't remember. There's a company that's put out some toys right now that they're like all like six inch really. Oh yeah, toys. I've seen them. Rebel Tech, is it? It might be Rebel Tech. Um, but they've done they've done some. They're some, super expensive though too. No, they're they're like twenty bucks. Yeah, for about that tall. Uh, that tall, like yeah. the people. Uh, they're like a six inch. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> need to, like, fake outrage. Fake. No, they're 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 re- to me. I don't look that expensive because I've okay. seen them in anime conventions. And there, then I, there might be some newer ones then because I remember seeing some figure that was like sixty bucks or something There's like a that. Shit ton out of Japan. That might be what I'm seeing. I mean, and and you're talking various sizes, various qualities. Right. Japan still pumps out the. It's it's really macros. Yeah. But it just pumps the stuff out. Right. But it's still not easy to get in this country because yeah. of the stupid licensing agreements yeah. with freaking Harmony Gold. Yep. So, um, believe it or not, there are actually soundtracks to to the uh, <coughs> different series that are out there. Every five years they put out a new one. Yep. There have been records, cassettes, compact discs since 1988. Mm-hmm. So, um, since 1987, this goes, kind of goes into the novels. Uh, Robotech was adapted into novel form by Jack McKinney a pseudonym for the team of Jack uh, James Luceno and the late Brian Daly. There you go. Yep. A uh, pair of writers who have been working with Masick uh, since they had collaborated on the animated series, The Galaxy Rangers. So, um, using which at some point I will do an episode with somebody on the Galaxy Rangers because I liked them I a lot. I've never heard of that before. Uh, uh, most people haven't. That's what, probably everything. If there's anyone out, no, it's a good. It was a good cartoon. <laughs> you know what's funny? It just reminded me of something. The freaking Orgus. Yeah. That you were talking about earlier. They have toys for that. Nice, nice. <laughs> so if anyone's out there that knows about the Galaxy Rangers and knows it well enough to want to do an episode with me, let me know. <laughs> Please, please tell me they have a theme song. It sounds like the Dream Warriors. The, oh, it's it's a it's actually a <laughs> good Galaxy intro. <laughs> I'm gonna insert that oh. song here, okay. so. <laughs> so you can hear it when you listen back to the episode, Yay. which I'm sure you'll do. 
In 2086, two peaceful aliens journeyed to Earth, seeking our help. In return, they gave us the plans for our first hyperdrive, allowing mankind to open the doors to the stars. We have assembled a team of unique individuals to protect Earth and our allies. Courageous pioneers committed to the highest ideals of justice and dedicated to preserving law and order across the new frontier. These are the adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. So using fictitious epigraphs in the style of Dune, um, McKinney's novels fleshed out the chron uh, chronology, including adapting the incomplete Sentinel source material in a far greater detail than the original animation. So kind of that's what you were kind of talking about earlier. So, so the books are good, or at least I, I, I really enjoy them. But Do I you know about the video games? Uh, there was there was one on the. Um, I know there was some stuff they made in Japan that we can't get in the States because it's all freaking Japanese. Yep. We can't read it. Uh, there was Robotech Crystal Dreams, which was supposed to be on the N64. Right, and got canceled. Oh, God. The, 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 that was the reason why I bought that system. Was it? Because when they were talking about that game before it came out, yeah. this, the concept of what that game was going to be was astounding. Basically, you're a Veritech pilot. You're like a mercenary Veritech pilot. And you're flying so around. Mention the Veritech also. I should have you mention what the heck a Veritech even is. Think Jetfire from Transformers. Right. <laughs> That's what it... Which, it goes from... It looks kind of like an F-14 that transforms from a robot into kind of like a pseudo-robot. And it's like half plane, yeah, half robot. With, it's like a plane with legs, and then it becomes a full-on plane. A full-on robot. Well, yeah, robot to half oh, okay. robot to plane. Okay. Or vice versa. Or special, yeah. Um... Yeah, so Crystal Dreams would have been badass yep. if they pulled that one off because they had a, they had like a like a five or ten minute demo of it. Well, the company went out of business. Yeah, Game Tech. Like Game, Tech yeah. Game Tech went under in 1998, which is what caused the problem. Yeah, so. and then they had uh, there was a there was a game for what was the I guess it was the the GameCube that was Battle Cry. Battle Cry, yep. And that was in 2002. Which was your? It, that was taking place during the Macross saga. You were a Veritech pilot. Yep. And it got pretty freaking hard and irritating. The game was the game was fine. Yep. It was a lot. Then they made um oh crap was the Invid one. There was one where you were a Cyclone driver, which the Cyclones are from Invid Invasion and are basically transformable yep. motorcycles. Yep. So that was Robotech Invasion. That's it. That was a 2004. It was yep. for Xbox and PlayStation 2. It was a first slash third person shooter. Yep. And uh, that's yeah, feature cyclones. That game, that game's definitely not bad. Not okay. Bad. There was also Robotech: The Macross Saga in 2002 for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, I actually own that somewhere. It was a side-scrolling shooter. Yeah. And then there was Robotech: The New Generation for mobile uh, in 2007 for mobile phones. It was a top-down uh, scrolling shooter that covers the new generation part of the story, leading up to the Shadow Chronicles. So, I did not know that. I didn't either. So. Did it go on the Zoom? <laughs> no. Um, probably not. <laughs> we 
I, you know, I was saying that our episodes were on Zoom far longer than Zoom was around. <laughs> I would I always mean Zoom. What the hell was there was a uh, somebody was trying to make like it was basically like a like an iPod slash phone type thing, but it was a game player that I don't know, maybe ten years ago. Okay. Because plenty of books have tried to put out a game of some kind on it, but it. Okay. Yeah, the um, it was funny. Like for the longest time, when we had the forums, I was always posting like, yeah, "You so can find us on Zoom." And then finally, one day, like no one told me anything. No one told me Zoom's not around anymore. One day, I finally went to go look up Zoom on Zoom, and I was like, "Where the hell is Zoom?" Well, <laughs> my wife had a Zoom, and that was an incredibly great piece of equipment that just never got anywhere. Yeah. Oh, it I, a, I, it's, I, like, really, it's like it's like, like beta. It worked real. really. No, it really it was a. Like the Dreamcast, yeah, great system, a, but nobody a, put it. Nobody right. used it, but man, it, and she got it. It was really wasn't it like a sixty-four gig or it was it's huge, 80. eighty. It was this huge piece of equipment. It, it was, well, it was in a small box, but you know, had big memory, <laughs> and it, you know, and the in the marketplace was really cool, and it was actually probably better than Apple, but you know. It's not fake outrage. It's disappointing right. that it's not. Yeah, disappointing. We, we tried to plug it in to start it up just lately, and we can't get it to work anymore. No, no, that's the meaning of the disappointment. <laughs> Rest in peace, Zoom. Well, and it seems like there's always been something like that where it's a good thing, yeah, but beta it, was a beta far superior thing to VHS. Yeah, it just wasn't as cheap, and that's why. Um, it all started with Tucker with the car, man. I Tucker that, that predates me. Tucker I may be immortal, but that, that predates <laughs> me. I just know it from the movie. That's a great movie. T- Tucker created a better car, and they actually ridiculed him for making a better car because people it would last a lifetime for people, and and then ever since then anything made better just doesn't last. So other than a few things, but anyways, uh, <laughs> totally tangent there. So one of the things that came out recently, oh, RPG Tactics. Yes. Yeah, so there was a uh, Kickstarter mm-hmm. that was done to get a new. Role playing yeah, game. We, we, well, you know, it's a miniature game. Yeah. Think of it like Warhammer 40,000. There you go. Yeah. Zero clicks or whatever. So I know you and I both mm-hmm. uh, contributed to the Kickstarter, and uh, I got the game with full intention of not keeping it because I don't play miniature games. Not because I don't like playing them, I just don't really. I don't have anyone to play them with. <laughs> so, to be perfectly That's the honest. Miniature games. You know the people to play with. Right. You can't play by yourself. Yeah. I, mean, I guess you could. It would just be weird. Right. <laughs> and, and you might Spe- be shameful. Especially if you have multiple personalities. Yeah. Right. So the thing I was most interested in that came with the game, though, the was the rule book. And the reason why, and so what I did is I sold my game with the rule book and everything, and from the money I made off of it, I went on eBay and, and, found, bought, and bought just the rule book. <laughs> and the reason why, and you, were, you guys were flipping through this, if... You want a good source of Robotech and just be able to read like some of the history of the characters and some of the uh, vehicles in it and everything else. This is a really great source. So are the hold on, where are they? Um, Palladium Books out has the, the current RPG game. Um, those ones right there <laughs> that you can see. Yeah, uh, well, the one, he's holding up a book. Like the one I have on my hand right now is the Macross Saga source book. It's the same thing. There's a lot of stuff in here about equipment. Um, some of the backstory, there's a, a lot of, you know, there's a timeline in here. Yeah. There's several, you know, if if you want information on it, and this this book is $16. Which is not a lot. It's still in print. Like, Playtime yeah. sells it. You could probably, you could go online to their website, you can order online. I'm sure some gaming stores, like, you could probably find it in yeah. if they carry Playtime stuff. It's the same thing. It's a great... 
And that's kind of what I wanted to leave people with is like yeah. sources of where they can find more stuff because as we talked about, it's a very rich world. There's a lot of yeah, stuff out there. There's a lot there. of stuff there. And um, so there's like, a lot of really cool stuff in there. Yeah. So like I said, one of the things I recommend is if you want to go on eBay, you can still find people selling just the RPG Tactics book mm-hmm. uh, that just recently came out. It's got some awesome artwork in it. The cover that's itself is awesome that. artwork. I haven't I haven't actually played the game, but as a guy, I, the models... They made them all in scale to each other, mm-hmm. which is cool because you know the Zentradi battle pods standing next to the to a, a Veritech from the Macross Saga. The battle pods are bigger mechs, yeah, and they're in scale. But the problem is, is the models are overly complicated to put. Like if you're not a veteran model maker, yeah, you're gonna have trouble with some of these models. Yeah, and luckily, I mean, I worked for Games Workshop for a year. I've been, I mean, I haven't really done much of it in a decade, but. I've done a lot of model, you know, miniature wargaming over the years and putting together a lot of models and painting and stuff. Yeah. And Ninja Division, the guys who actually mold, created the models for, for Palladium books for this game, just, it's like, they're not bad looking models when they're put together. Right. They're just really tough to really, put together. There's, it, a lot of the models don't make sense. Okay. Like, why do I have to snap this piece onto a leg when it could have just been made part of the damn leg? Leg, yeah. Um, and you know maybe it's it's probably some inexperience on Palladium Books' part from not having really done anything like this before. Um, and hopefully, if they if this did well enough, they can do more in the future. Hopefully, they'll learn and make things easier. Right. Um, but you know, it's I've actually seen some of the models for sale in, in some gaming store shelves, so at okay. least I know it's out there. And then the books you you referred to was uh, they're called Robotech, yeah, it's, it's Macross the, Saga source book. The masters. Just if you go to PalladiumBooks.com and you go to the store and you look up Robotech, you'll yeah. find it. And then are the episodes still on Netflix right now? Uh, I don't know, but A and E put out an Uber box set. That's what I was just about to mention. Yeah, there's which I, that's what I picked up is I picked up the the yeah, newest box set, which I think was only like maybe sixty dollars or something I think like it's that. Eighty. Is it eighty? Okay. But still, I mean, you, you're getting everything Robotech in it. Like, yeah, everything that's ever been made. Uh, it's a 20-disc collection. Yeah. It is all of the original cartoon, plus Shadow Chronicles and Love Live Alive, which is basically a music video dealing with Invid Invasion. And, oh, and the, the aborted Sentinels uh, series is on here. Yeah. So, and that's that's also got the masters it's, in yeah, there. It's, it's everything. It's everything you need. It's everything they've ever produced that has the name Robotech, Robotech on, it. on it. So, that's enough. If you want to watch the cartoon and you really want to get into Robotech, I mean, eighty dollars for a twenty disc set that has everything that was ever Robotech. And is, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff on here too. Yeah, it's well worth worth the money. That's the set I have. I used to have the previous set that came out. It was like multiple volumes that came out. I actually passed that along to uh, Brian from Pop Culture Leftovers, uh, so he's uh, hi Brian. So he can watch. Yeah. I know you'll listen at some point. <laughs> so he can he can watch uh, watch those. But yeah, I picked up that that box set also. Um, so those are probably the best sources right now if you want to get into yeah. Robotech. I, you can also Wikipedia thing. I mean, there's a I will say there's a ton of information, but I will say it was hard and convoluted to understand all the Wikipedia stuff. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know it exists. I've never actually... Yeah. That's where, that was my first source to start just, looking stuff up, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting confused, because the problem is how Wikipedia is set up normally works for it, yeah. 
but in this case it kind of worked against it because you would read something and then it would be like click here and you click there to go on to something else and then that went way too deep and you had to go back to figure out where it, where it was taking you so I would have I, I personally would recommend avoiding the Wikipedia <laughs> unless you just want to find out what stuff's been out there um, like I did use Wikipedia to find out about the video games and about the out uh, the um, oh, you know what we forgot? Music and everything well, else. Even, there was even a, like a trading card series that came out. Oh, yeah, you were showing us that earlier. earlier that, yeah. uh, it, was pro- it was probably early 2000s, I think. And they even had a, like a, a trading card, like a card game. Yeah. You know, like Magic or whatever come out that uh, I, I don't know anyone's ever played it, but it was... Thing, including pop, yourself. Yeah. I don't know how to, I don't know to play card games. I don't play games like that. I suck at them, so I don't, I don't understand them. Like Hearthstone and crap, Magic, I don't know what I'm doing. I lose. Yeah. It's not that they're bad games They're for those that play them. But. I just suck. <laughs> the, but same thing, that was probably, like even when the WWF had a freaking, uh, like a collectible card game like that. Yeah. It was about that same. So it was like 2005-ish. Yeah. One of the things WWF too. WWF or WWE because WWF would have panda bears. W- <laughs> WWF. No, on this show WWF existed. All right, World Wildlife Federation. Whatever. World Wrestling People Federation. People know what I mean, right? With pandas at each other with chairs. Yeah, if anyone, if anyone, you know, imagine this... Christian were still like you know badass. If anyone listens to this show doesn't know what the WWF used to be, they shouldn't be listening to this show. Point taken. <laughs> Um, well, there's one, plenty of fake outrage. Right. One of the things. One of the things I also wanted to mention uh, is when you look at these source books and the RPG books and everything else, there's some cool ass artwork. In there's them. a lot. There was a guy by the name of Kevin Long who did a lot of the artwork in these. Palladium Books has put out. This is basically the second go around for their RPG game mm-hmm. that's current. Uh, but if you can ever find any of the RPG books that came out like in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Kevin Long is the guy who did the majority of the art in the books, and his stuff is awesome. Yeah, um, it, it's just that you know that's always the thing about Robotech is the designs on things are so badass for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I that's what attracted me to it was the designs of the yeah. mechs and everything else. So I think that's what attracts most people to it. So yeah. it's probably what got me originally as a kid. Right. Like, Ooh, big space transforming planes. <laughs> Which I was already into that with Transformers, so why not just transition right into that? (laughs) Um, All right, so any last thoughts or comments or whatever about Robotech or Baltimore before we close this episode? It's Balmer, hon. Balmer? Balmer. If you want to be a proper Baltimore on Balmer. I don't want to be a moron. It's it's Baltech or whatever the hell we call it. Baltitech. All right, so let me go ahead and give our information out. Uh, actually, is your show still out there? I know you're not doing it anymore, but is no, it still accessible? Uh, no. No? Okay. Because <laughs> I let the Podbean account lapse, and then I, I, I didn't realize it. Yeah. And then it lapsed, and now I don't. Can you even find it on iTunes still, though? I don't. I haven't checked in months. Okay. It's been seven months since we ended the show. So, so, so Eric. If by chance. If you can still find the Awesome Movie Podcast on Stitcher or iTunes, that used to be my podcast, but we stopped doing it a while. Right. We got to episode 15 stop. Yeah, which was a good stopping point. Yeah, and um, we were, at that point, it was two years. We were burned out and tired. 
So how wait, the hell wait. do you keep going? I don't. I was know. gonna say, what are you trying to say? <laughs> we're five years going on six yeah. now. <laughs> we're almost six years into it now. We were also on a certain schedule. That's true. I, I was not. <laughs> Pretty much, this show is gonna die when I die. Yeah. I don't. I just keep adding new co-hosts. <laughs> He's gonna be forty co-hosts by the time we go. Like the Beatles, but really the Beatles and who's out. But I will be on every episode. <laughs> Either that will be somebody like Nick thirty years ago, like you know, doing a tour and opening for for you know thirty eight special who who they're all long dead, but it's their grandchildren that are now carrying on the tradition. There's no original members, so. Do you, uh, did you guys ever have like a email or anything like that that people could? I don't even know if that account's still up. And the reason I ask is, is one, that's one of the things I wonder if I ever stop doing Star Joe's and it's still out there. We, if someone will email one day, like ten had, years later, and had, be like, <laughs> we, "We had a Gmail." Yeah. Uh, and the problem was when Brad moved out to Washington State. Yeah. It took him like three months to get me the the password for the email, <laughs> and then I forgot. So it's probably still out there. Like our Facebook <laughs> fan page is still up. And like this week we hit four new four new likes. <laughs> like, we haven't put out an episode in months. You're Four. legends in your own mind. <laughs> okay. I'm still listening to episodes, so I uh, haven't gotten through all know. of them, so I'm I'm still listening I don't to remember. them. I think Forrest Gump was the last one we did. Yeah. I don't even remember anymore. But like I said, I, I just wonder the the day I finally you know hang it up hang up the mic, which I'm sure will happen at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, probably when I'm all good things come come to an end. When when I'm a, when I'm 75 or something like that. Um, so when that happens, I just kind of, I almost want to keep the email address open and, and the voicemail still going to see if anyone like 10 years later is, finds speaking, our, finds our show. Speaking of which, have you gotten shit to Chewy in the last like two years for not, not voicemailing it anymore? No, Chewy, we well, need a, we need a voicemail. Years? Well, he did leave a voicemail not that long ago. Okay. Uh, it was probably a few months ago, but it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. He just didn't really have anything to say, so. That's disappointing. I know. No strip club stories or anything like that. So, um, All right. So you can find uh, – well, John, how can they find you? Sure. So you can find me on Facebook at John Thurman. You can find me at Twitter at that John Thurman. And, again, I'll be talking about it every episode, every chance I get, every episode up until then. Um, our two-day show, the Virginia Comic Con in Richmond, Virginia, is going to be the weekend before Thanksgiving. That is November – 20 and 21, I believe. Uh, Friday night of the show, guest of honor Bob Gale, the writer of Back to the Future, will be attending a screening of the Bird the- at the Bird Theater in Richmond. With the Bird is an old time movie theater with an old pipe organ. And is it the word? It is the word. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be showing the Back to the Future trilogy with Bob Gale in attendance. It's uh, if you show if you come to that event. There, you also get a limited edition one of 500 comic. Uh, it's a Back to the Future number one with a special cover to commemorate the event. It's 19.95 for a ticket, so twenty dollars to see Back to the Future on the big the trilogy on the big screen and get a one in 500 comic. Can't beat it. Um, guests throughout the week will include Bob Gale, Marina Sirtis, uh, the Black Power Ranger um, whose name I forget. I'm sorry, Bob, uh, Walter Walter Jones, I believe. I apologize to Walter. I didn't watch Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's going to be a great time. We're at the uh, Richmond International Raceway, and it's the best ticket for the for the price in town. So, again, 
you can get those tickets at vacomicon.com. So uh, that reminds me of a show that I also wanted to promote, and it does not conflict with the Virginia Comic Con. Um, but it's uh, Ohio Toys and Comic Show. Are, are we keeping you guys or something? Sorry, we're <laughs> no, 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 we're listening. No, you're not. Hey, you're talking about the Ohio Toy Show. Ohio, 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 Ohio Toy Show. Right. Eric here. Um, Eric not care. <laughs> so the Ohio Toy and Comic Show, uh, which is hosted by our buddies at Roma Collectibles. Uh, we were there last year. And like Roma Sausages? No, not, okay. not even close. <laughs> but uh, so... We were there last year. I won't, unfortunately, be able to be there this year, but uh, maybe some of the other guys will. Um, but they put on a great show. It's on Sunday, October 11th, and it starts at 10 a.m. Uh, it's at the Holiday Inn Hotel in Dayton, Ohio. So if you're in the area, check it out. They've had a lot of awesome vendors last year that were t- selling a lot of great toys at really good prices. So um, come and check that out. Other than that, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at uh, on Facebook, we have a group page, uh, and we have a fan page. The fan page I put Maysley. Carlos, is that who is likes to post? Carlos Carmona. It likes to post on that. Him and there's somebody and else. Rafael post. Sands. That's it. They both post constantly. The, those are my buddies. They they post a lot of stuff. They're awesome. Do they? they they post good stuff every, though. Every day it's like blowing up my phone. What's this? That's oh, great. Okay, another one from one of them. That's right. Um, so keep doing it, guys, because because. Uh, it's awesome. I like the fact that a lot of people are contributing to the group page. Uh, the fan page is mostly for any news updates uh, or if we have any new episodes coming out. Uh, the group page is really a community for anyone to post anything and for people to talk about it. Uh, I am working on getting a new forum up, which uh, we'll have Scott Romanski moderating that. That probably won't be up until the new year because I just won't have time to put it together until then. I am also working on putting together a website for anyone that wants to buy shirts uh, with the Star Joe's logo on it. So that I should actually hopefully have up in the next coming few weeks. Uh, tea theory or something? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, spread tea or something like that, spread, sh- spread shirt or something like that. Uh, it's one that another podcast used, and they really liked it, so I'm going to go with that. I, I will probably test it out by purchasing a shirt first to make sure it's decent quality. <laughs> Um, cause I don't want to put out crap for anyone. Mm. Exactly. But potentially what it'll allow people to do is allow them to buy, uh, t-shirts or tank tops or hoodies or whatever they want with the logo on it. Rather than me taking pre-orders and then having to ship stuff out, it lets you guys just order stuff when you want it. And, uh, I'll get it up in, hopefully up in time for the holidays. So you can get your favorite loved one, a star Joe's shirt. <laughs> um, you can also leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Joey, we're looking at you. Right. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. And you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we will respond to all of those and read them or play them on the episode and talk about you behind your back or to your face. Um, you can also find us on iTunes. And please leave us a review. We have not had a review in a long time, so I would I really... I if I've written one for you yet. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I might have just given you a five-star review and not said anything. Okay. But uh, if you leave us a review and actually type something up, we will read it on the episode. Check if I'm saying anything nice about X-Men anymore, because it's not there. Okay. I'll look. 
Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Bye. The Bioroids are coming, so you'd better take care. An invasion of hovercraft soon will be there. Dana's got her hover tank. She's there with all her might. Switch to Battleoid, and you'll both win the fight. Kima, surrounded by Bioroids. Do it! Stop for shooting! Hover tank, hovercraft, and action figures sold separately from Irwin. Bioroids are finished! The Bioroids have just begun to fight.